Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 64. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have the nine-time Black Belt World Champion, Gui Enogi, Lucas Lepri, who is in the Hall of Fame of the IBJJF. He talked about the struggles of balancing being a professional athlete, a husband and father, and a business owner. During the interview, he mentioned that after he won his first Black Belt World title in 2007, he started to pressure himself in competition, saying things like, now I'm a world champion, I have to win, I'm expected to win, my sponsors expect me to win, I can't lose to this guy or that guy. For the next six years, Lucas got stuck on this mindset until he started to train his mind with the book Psychology of Champions. And inspired by his book suggestion, I decided to title this episode Psychology of Champions. And for my final thoughts after the interview, I read the book to share with you my takeaway. But hopefully you get inspired to read the book as well and implement some of the tactics of the psychology of champions. Stay tuned right after Jiu-Jitsu Tribe's message. Oos. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe, formerly Live Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu Tribe supports social projects who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to pay for their monthly expenses and facility makeovers. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Jiu-Jitsu Tribe. For more information, please visit www.jujitsutribe.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Lucas Lepri. Lucas is a third-degree black belt under Alliance, and he is in the IBJJF Hall of Fame. Lucas is one of the most accomplished and decorated jiu-jitsu athletes in the world. He is a nine-time black belt world champion, Gi and no Gi. Lucas moved to the United States in 2009 to teach at Alliance in New York City. He spent a total of three years teaching in New York before moving to Atlanta to teach at the Alliance U.S. headquarters for two more years. Today, Lucas owns and operates Lucas Lepre Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Fitness, as well one of the world's leading online training platforms in the Lepre Online Training Program. Lucas, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Gustavo. Thank you very much for, for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here to, today at the BJJ Mental Coach, talk a little bit about you know, myself, and it's going to be pretty fun. Cool. And one of the things, man, I've been watching and studying your jiu-jitsu for a while. I may not know, but I, you know, from watching your, your instruction, instructional DVDs, from like studying your, a lot of your passing game, I always like to pick a few people to study, see what they're doing. I like to say that my jiu-jitsu is a big, especially being focusing teaching. My jiu-jitsu is just a big salad of people that I, that I like the style. I go there and I kind of study, try to get their game down, understand as much as I can. And, and I pass to my students. So I have passed a lot of your techniques to my students. So for my students listen out there, that's uh, straight up. That's what I, I did plenty of times. And most likely I will study again you know, some, as you keep competing. Yeah, thank you, man. It's like, you know, I try to do my best, you know, I always try to improve as well. You know, at at, at my academy, I, you know, like I tell my students, you know, like this is our clinic. This is like where we're going to test, you know, a few things here and there that, uh, you know, I always keep improving as well. That's true. So how jiu-jitsu show up in your life? Did you practice any more shorts prior to jiu-jitsu? Yeah, so like when I was like, I started Jiu-Jitsu with, with 15 years old and before that I I did like a lot of other sports as like soccer, swimming, Judo. I Actually Judo I did like just for six months, you know, but that's count as well. But 
And then also like one other sport that I, I stick with was capoeira. That, you know, I start from like, I did like from 10 years old until 16 years old. So I did like six years straight and then I started jiu-jitsu. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so how did it show up in your life? Is just, um, you know, just kind of landing there? Are you looking for it? What do you say? Yeah, yeah. so like jiu-jitsu was, you know, first, um, I was like watching a TV show in Brazil called like 20 years, you know, like something like that. Uh, anyway, so and then they, they have like a program like show the, the routine with, uh, with few people. And then one of the guys that they're like recording and show like the routine, the training was Fernando Margarida. And then I saw like all his, his routine, go to, to Jiu-Jitsu Academy training, workout, you know, he was preparing that time to, to compete at the Pan Ams. So, and then I didn't know like what Jiu-Jitsu was on that time back in 2000. And then I saw, I said, man, that looks good. You know, like, I think I'm going to try that. And then I was talking to a friend of mine. And then he said, look, I just started. So let's go over there and try, try the class and see what you think about it. And then I went for the next day. I went there, tried the class for the first time. And I'm here today. Until, until now, I never stopped it. Yeah, so we're recording this July 2019. So basically, 20 years of training, right? Yeah, uh, so I started in 2000, like yeah, like so August, like August 4th is going to turn exactly 19 years old, uh, 19 mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel jujitsu relate to life in all these 19 years that you experienced? Man, it's like, you know... Uh, I started pretty young and then I started see jiu-jitsu like, you know, change my life little by little, all aspects, you know, put like, uh, I start competing as well, like help me too, because keep me myself really more focused, more like with discipline. And then I, I was like related this to my school as well. I was studying, you know, I was like, uh, I was more focused on my school as well. And then I saw that, I was transferred what I, I was learning, you know, in jiu-jitsu to my school. You know, that was pretty awesome. You know, even though, like, I was younger, like, I was I was seeing that, you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, like, besides, you know, the discipline, besides this, and then also, like, all the struggles that, you know, or some decisions that I made in life, like, Jiu-Jitsu helped me this to become, to be like, you know, uh, think more, to like, to don't make uh, wrong decisions, mm -hmm. you know, so that's like, you know, and solve the problems as well, you know, like sometimes you, you have like, uh, you put yourself on, on, on bad spots, you know, and then Jiu-Jitsu like, you know, teach you this too, so like become, you know, and see the best time to escape, you know, so that's like transfer this to life as well like uh helped me a lot and when did you feel that you had the spark to pursue jiu-jitsu was the moment that you you thought you know what i think i can make a living with this how old are you so actually like that was like the biggest you know uh one of the biggest uh decisions that i i made in my life for sure because i was like with some doubts until my my brown belt actually until almost my black belt because was a little bit frustrating, you know, on that time because I was like competing, I was doing like all my best, but I didn't make much money, you know, especially on that time back, back, uh, back on the days, you just like pay for your trips, you want to pay for a lot of things, you invest a lot. And then I didn't see anything back. I, w I wasn't seeing anything back. So that was pretty hard times. So get one point that when I was brown belt, I always give up. You know, I said, man, I think I'm going to, because I was like training and studying at the same time. I was studying business and uh, I was trying to coordinate everything, you know, go to the university in the morning, train at the noon and do my workout. I, I try to do a million things at the same time. 
And uh, in that time, I was like, when I was brown belt, maybe like 19 years old, 20, I, I thought, okay, so I don't know is that, you know, jiu-jitsu is going to be worth it. You know, I don't know if I'm going to keep going. I have like a big doubts on that time. Uh, and then, you know, like sometimes family like help you push you forward, but at the same time they say, yeah, you have to, to start to work. You have to find a real job. <laughs> and then the pressure from the family started coming up, you know, and then, and then I started thinking, man, you know, like I have to find a real job. And then like all these things start come up on my head, you know, and then, And then, but inside I, I knew it, something that was like, man, Lucas, keep, keep going. Like so, so, something inside was push me, you know, forward. Uh, and uh, when my first professor, like he gave me my black belt, Elan Santiago. So he said, Lucas, look, you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna like pro, pro promote your black belt. You're gonna become a, a a black belt world champ one day. So just, you know, keep working hard. Actually, he was believing on me more than myself, you know? So he, he was the guy that said, Lucas, do not give up, you know? Keep pushing the way you have been doing. That I'm positive that you're gonna be a, a big star one day. Uh, so that's what I did, it, you know? And then the next year, actually, like, You know, because I received my black belt in 2006, end of 2006, and 2007, I won the world championship. That was the time, to be honest, that was the time to say, okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna live my life like teaching jiu-jitsu, competing, you know, that's what, when I decided. And you back know, then, like you 100%. were just competing? Back then, you just competed, not teaching classes? I was teaching as well. Okay. I was teaching as well, but I was making money just for me to survive and pay my, pay my competitions, you know, like, was just enough for that, you know. And I was studying as well, you know, that was like kind of a plan B, you know, uh, but it was, was pretty tough times, you know, pretty tough, you know, like decisions that... You know, like I sometimes I see these young kids have some doubts like that, and then I can understand them. You know, give give my example, give my advice as well. Uh, but yeah, that was the moment that I decided 100% that I'm gonna follow the jiu-jitsu li yeah. lifestyle. And I think uh, a lot of people in Brazil went through the same issue of kind of the resistance from the family, you know. I had an interview with uh, Bernardo here before, Bernardo Faria, episode mm -hmm. number six, and he was saying that the family wasn't too happy that he was pursuing jiu-jitsu at first. One of his brothers, I think, was uh, maybe an engineer. The other one, I think, went for, you know, they have, like, different, uh, like, careers, yeah. and then he's telling his dad that he wants to pursue jiu-jitsu, so they're like, what? You know, so... Most of the parents, it was kind of like the same with me as well. Uh, that initial resistance that at, at first, yeah, jiu-jitsu is fun. You keep him out of trouble, keep him healthy until you say, actually, I'm going to try to do that for a living. Like, no, I don't think so. And when you mentioned about the real job, it just reminded me to uh, when I was younger, I was, I think I was probably, uh, I don't know, I think it was a brown, but I was already teaching, having my, my own program in Rio. And one of my... Uh, ex-girlfriends told him like when are you gonna get a real job i'm like yeah. <laughs> uh what what do you mean with a real job because she used to work in the mall and like like no like a real job i'm like well i i understand i don't understand because i work less and wait half of the hours that you work but i do make more than you so what does make a real or not real job so that didn't go too well that she became that's why she became the ex <laughs> yeah so, um, <laughs> not everyone's gonna, everyone yeah yeah not everyone's gonna understand that and it's um for sure man it's a tough route you know there's i i believe that people can make a living in any area some of the areas gonna be way more challenging than others and then make a living with the martial arts It's, it's not an easy task, especially back then when you started to, it was the beginning of internet. There's not like seminars, associations yes, uh, and privates and all those things that now 
if people have and and here's the thing too nowadays the reality is people don't need to be multiple time champions or whatever to make a really good living with jiu-jitsu you see a lot of people that are good entrepreneurs that they do great online marketing they have their good knowledge and they pass to their students and of course it it really helps you have a, a good resume but nowadays i mean as long as people put in the work and everything and understanding the business understanding marketing man they can definitely make a living with uh, i believe in anything yeah that's true yeah so i have yeah so you like i talked like about that you know i have been traveling like all over the world and see like how jiu-jitsu is you know uh, is improving and get better and get even more professional and uh yeah so in these days like they don't need to be like a world champion to make a good living you know like jiu-jitsu that's one thing that helped you know uh, for sure you know um for sure that like it's going to be like a little bit easier to get a few things here, a few things there, that's going to open a little bit more the doors, but it's not everything. You can see a lot of like world champions as well that they don't do well because a lot of times they don't have, they don't understand the business or also they don't have a good character, good values, you know, like a lot of things like is involved, you know, to mm. run a, a successful academy, I think. Absolutely. And I think sometimes the sense of entitlement that like, oh, I want this and I want that is expected, you know, to come to me or the students to come or the sponsors exactly. or the opportunities to come. So that it does, it does happen big time. So now let's talk about the move when you, when you came to the U.S. So it was 10 years ago about that, 2009? So actually, like I came the first time to stay in 2008. You know, I stay a little bit, and uh, and then officially of uh, 2009, yes, I moved to New York City. So, how was the transition for you? How was your mindset coming in? Because by that point, the the world has recently moved to to the U.S., so that made it probably that was a, a big kind of incentive for you as well. So, how was the mindset? How was the change around that time? So it was, you know, like, uh, you know, like on that time, I like, I didn't speak, you know, any English it was pretty tough times about like language, it'll be culture as well and food, you know, like uh, when I, when I moved to, and then I have to, I have to, uh, so I was studying business in Brazil and then left one year to finish my degree. And then it was pretty tough also, like, you know, when I had this opportunity to come to the New York City and work over there, it was a good salary. I said, man, you know what? I want to take this risk and then I'm going to go, you know? And then it was pretty, like, tough decision because I would like to finish my school first, my university first, you know, and then move, you know, because that was my plan B, you know? Mm -hmm. If, like, something goes wrong with Jiu-Jitsu, okay, I have another career, you know? But at the same time, I, I, I put on the scale, say, you know what, let, let, let me try that. Let me take a risk and go. You know, sometimes some opportunities pass in life, you know, you have to grab it. That's the way that I thought on that moment. Even though, like, my, my family was a little bit aghast because my mom wants for, for me to finish the school first, the degree first, you know. But... Uh, and then I and then I decided to come, you know, like and then when I moved to New York, as I said, I didn't speak any English, it was pretty tough times for me to communicate it, for me to teach, you know. But I said, okay, so this is gonna be one more obstacle that the life's put ahead of me that I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna win this too, you know, and then and then uh, and then about also uh, besides that was like you know a lot of challenge about like training you know like uh, if I was able to keep it up my training and comp keep still competing on high level that's another challenge as well that was another challenge that uh, I didn't know what the foot was holding you know and was just like was the risk 
that I took it, you know, and, and looking back now, you know, like I don't regret. I think that I made the right choice. I'm here today, you know, and have my own academy. And, you know, like I, I didn't have much training, like, but I just like train, train is smart, you know, push myself. I'm very disciplined. Like I have, I like to do things like extra, you know, so I train, but I train even more, you know, like sometimes I may, I, I find my, my way to, to, how, how can I say, man, I find my way to kind do of cha things. challenge yourself in a yeah. way or to, imp uh, not, not necessarily just adapt to whatever you have. Adapt to what I have. Exactly. Exactly. That's it is. Exactly. I adapt to what I have it, you know, and if I see it's not enough and then I just find my way to, to push myself on the other ways, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's my mentality, you know, and that's what's pushed me forward since then. Yeah. And there's a quote that I always mention. He had mentioned in different episodes that if you're looking for a big opportunity, accept a big challenge. So I think for even all the listeners, any time in your life, do you accept a big challenge? Most likely, man, there's a big opportunity was involved. Maybe you didn't get the outcome that you want. Maybe you didn't win, let's say, but there is a huge opportunity for learning. And for you, it was a huge challenge to leave Brazil and come here and not knowing the language. And of course, uh, it became just such a, a huge opportunity that is, it comes a, as another challenge and then it creates more opportunities and forms of challenge and you keep accepting it. That's why you have the school right now. And what did you say? It's one of the toughest, ex toughest entrepreneurial experience right now. You run your business, you have your, your brand and you have online training so what has been some of the struggles? What did you learn from it? You know, because again, uh, especially coming from Brazil, we learned the culture. We'll talk about it. Went through the same thing, learning a lot of things that we had no idea in business. So what did you say? Some of the difficulties that you had? You know, like I think that, you know, find a balance in life. I think is the, is the most important thing. And then I still struggle a little bit until today. Uh, you know, like as I, you know, I have, you know, like run the academy, still compete at the high level as well. That's take like most of my time that I'm training. I have to rest. I have, you know, I have to teach the class and, you know, that's just like, I think the, you know, like challenge me. That's one thing that challenged me the most, you know, uh, run the association, run the online training program. Um, you know, like run also like, uh, teaching seminars all, all over the world. That is one, is one thing that I try to, to balance, you know, but, you know, and stay with the family as well, especially now I have like a daughter, uh, it's few things that, you know, if you, if you don't work also your, your mental, you know, you cannot do it, you know, like you have to always, always find a way to do a few things and do not forget to do other things. You know, you have to, to find that, that balance, you know, in life, because otherwise you're going to like just stick with one thing. You have to be like multitask, you know, have to learn that, you know, it's not like everybody can do it. I think everybody can do it, but not everybody is willing to do it, you know, I think that's a little bit different, you know. Uh, I don't like to stay on my comfort zone. I always try to push myself and challenge and see new things and studying, you know, like that's just like a lot, a lot, a lot of friends say, look, man, I don't know how you can do it because you do a million things at the same time, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, but, this is like what pushed me, what motivated me. They say, man, you, why are you still competing? You know, like you already like achieve what, everything that you want and have this and have that. I say, man, but that's like, you know, what pushed me forward. That's to keep me alive. That's like, see these new, new generations coming up and, you know, 
And every time like the social media say, oh, who's going to beat Lucas this time? And then that's pushed me hmm. and challenged me even more. You know, I say, oh, this guy, they say that they're going to, you know, beat me. Okay, let me train for them. You know, like few things like that, they motivate me to keep studying, keep, you know, uh, adjust my game here and there. And yeah, so that's just like, you know, few things that, you know, I like to, to have in balance. You mentioned when you moved to the, uh, well, you won the first Worlds as a black belt in, in 2007, right? So you mentioned that you went, you went through some time without getting the results that you wanted. And how was, uh, how did you overcome? Do you feel like you had some mental blocks? You know, like what, what do you feel like it was maybe looking back, some of the things that were preventing you from performing the way you wanted? Are you able to point it out like looking now years later yeah so uh so that's like for me was my toughest moment i think on my career because like i when i won you know my world championship my first one championship back 2007 after that i started put a lot of pressure on, mm. on myself i said man i have to win again i cannot lose because i, I won last year i have to win this year again and pressure like that, like, is not, is not good. You know, you're gonna start, you're gonna start like drain yourself. You're not like performance well. You're gonna get tired faster. You're gonna like use more strength. Like it's a bunch of things involved. You know, and start get that. I have to fight because I cannot lose. I have to fight because of my sponsor. I have to fight because I can. Like you start put a lot of things involved that gonna make you lose you know that you you think that you you know you think that that is not the the you think that you know this mentality is gonna help you to don't lose but this is gonna help you to lose you know in my opinion uh and then took me like from and then 2008 i took second place uh you know, and, and then and then start like from 2008 until 2013, I started to get second, third, second, third, you know, like, so I think I took like three silvers, two bronze, something like that. And uh, I was training the same way. I was dedicating myself on the same way that I, you know, I like to do it. Uh, but the mental, you know, block was the part that in 2014, I started to work. I started believing more that the mindset have, I have to work my mindset as I work on my technique, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and then I started believing that on that time and for sure make a huge difference, you know, huge difference. So. So if I look back since I started now, like, you know, my mental game is like, I'm very confident. I'm very like, I, I want to believe until the last second of the mat. I'm going to like, you know, believe each position that I am. I, you know, I'm believing in, you know, in everything that I'm doing. Uh, sometimes before I have some doubts, I don't know if, if this is going to work. I don't know if like I train enough. I don't know, like a lot of doubts that I was putting myself that was pushing me, you know, behind. Like I was pushing that I couldn't improve on the mental game. I couldn't, I, I didn't believe until the end. I didn't, always I have, okay, have some doubts that if I wanna do something or not. Because if you have some doubts that, okay, I don't know if I'm going to sweep on this moment. And then you hesitate, you're going to lose that mat. You know, you cannot hesitate much, right? Uh, so understand a few things that, you know, like that was blocking me. As I said, make a huge difference. And then from 2014, since I won, you know, my second title until now, I didn't lose any match on the World Championship. You know, six years that you know consistency there and you know like i have been proving like it's not just about the technique you know but about like the mental the mental parts that helped me on the the these last six years yeah being able to transfer all the hard work for the academy 
to the competition, which um, is definitely a tough task. How did you get this awareness? Did you did you read a book? Did you want to talk with yes. you? Yes, yes. You know what? I was talking to a friend of mine, Cobrinha, mm -hmm. Rubens, you know, Charles, and then we were talking about this, about the mindset, about that was back 2013. And then he said, Lucas, man, I have like a really nice book for you. And then he sent me a gift. He sent the book to my home, you know, uh, called Psychology of Champions. Mm -hmm. Really nice book. Uh, I, I, rec I recommend this book for everyone because this, uh, I read this book every year, you know. So the last six years I have been reading this book every year. Uh, and every time I get something different because it depends how you pass, like what you're living. On that time, you can catch some stories here, stories there, and then you're going to see yourself on the same, you know, on the same uh, story like the guys was uh, saying in the book. But, uh, and then Cobrinha sent me this video, uh, this uh, book, you know, and then... And then say, look, is this like, you know, read this book, pick like a words here and there, see the stories of the, the athletes that, that like you can, uh, you can uh, identify, you know, more with your story, whatever. And then that, that's what I did it. You know, I started doing that. That's a huge help, you know. So reading this book opened my mind with a lot of things, a lot of uh, blocks that I had, you know, before that pressure that, you know, that I have to win. You have to, you know, like, not relax, but you have to make sure that you're going to do whatever you're training. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you train, go over there and do it. You know, it will not be anything different that you're training or you're not facing anything that's too different, too difficult. Like you have to be ready for everything, you know, but yeah. So it was, it was amazing. You know, this book for me was like open the universe for me. Yeah. I was talking, I, I interviewed two interviews ago. I interviewed Mohammed and he said that you recommended this book to him. So he yes, said he, yes. yeah, he said that he read that too. And we talk a little bit about, he was saying like he built up this expectation of, you know, so he won the first world. So going to the second one, he was mentioning how it was a different mindset, you know, mm -hmm. kind of similar to your now I won, now what, you know? So, um, so it, it definitely brings a different uh, element to your mindset that if you're not ready, it can really kind of shake you. You know, yes. and, and that's when the books, they help. And basically what you're saying, uh, we just, that's one of the messages to you with the, uh, the Mental coach is, is something that it, I have made the, the mistakes in the past. You were focusing on the outcome, right? And instead of focusing on the process and focusing on your performance. And that's something that I always worry. Am I going to win? Am I going to lose? And anytime you focus on things that you cannot control, like the outcome of the tournament, it will bring muscle tension, anxiety, and not going to perform to the best of your ability. I'm not saying that uh, you cannot win, but it's going to be tough for you to be your full self, your authentic yeah. self, because you can go in. I, I have won tournaments feeling anxious, and I didn't perform well, but I won. But, I, but as far as you being at peace, that man, that was me. You know, if the guy won, good job, great for him. But understanding the difference of like the stories, like you're saying, like the stories that you tell in your mind, you know, got to be so aware of the stories that it's going on. Cause we start to, we're masters in making up stories, you know, we're just going to make up story in our mind. Yeah. And if we don't pay attention, um, we're going to believe in it. That's one of the, the quotes, whether you think you can't or you can't yeah. uh, here for the right. So if you, think that you cannot win then you cannot win you know yeah. that goes with so many different things in life you know yeah no for sure he's uh that's it man your mind's everything that your mind's gonna guide you whatever you want to do it you know for sure that's like make a huge difference and the one thing that the word that i always have with me is it's possible you know whatever situation you are just have your mind that man, it's possible. That's like, 
I was constantly, you know, talk to myself and be like during the fight as well. A lot of times I talk to myself, like the guys think like maybe Lucas is crazy. He, he mm-hmm. talk with himself, you know. But it's one thing that looks like I'm my, my own coach, you know, inside, internal, like fighting, you know. Because, uh, so, for example, when I when I go to the mat, like semifinals, finals, and I, I have like, I'm super focused that I don't see anybody around me. Looks like I'm a tunnel, you know. So that's one thing that I I close. Looks like I close my eyes, you know, and then I don't see anybody on the on the stairs, on the on the crown. The crown like looks like disappear, you know. That vision, you need to have it, you know, because if you don't have it, if you're like, you know, because if you just focus a little bit, it's done. One mistake yeah. is over, you know. You have to focus and keep that that tunnel that you you don't see anybody else besides your opponent. Yeah, and for me, is the key. You know? Now uh, we're talking a little bit prior to the we start the the interview about some of the things that I like to share with your students. I know we share a lot of different topics, but one of the things I like to share, especially about the frustration of sometimes having a bad day of training or things not going the way you want it, especially you have the good authority to say, especially because of your career, like you said, um, being frustrated for so long, not getting the results that you wanted and still, and then eventually, boom, get a, start to really break through and get, you know, really get to your full potential, getting all the results. And I'd like you to, you know, for some people who are, listening right now and maybe struggling feeling frustrated it's not even with not just the training but maybe their business is not really going the way they want it and now they're down and they they feel that they're stuck in the mud and they can't move um and that reflects in man all areas of your life you know so what's some of the things that you share with your students about overcoming that kind of frustration that you could share with the listeners yeah, so like um, I was like on the end of the class, I, I tried to talk a little bit with my students about with so many things, you know, and one of the things is always like how they can solve their problems, you know, I they always have to, you know, how jiu-jitsu can teach them in life because sometimes, you know, they're hard to relate it, you know, jiu-jitsu and the real life, like outside, you know, and there I'm, I'm trying to open their eyes for them to see this, you know, for example, uh, how they can solve their problems, be patient, be calm, you know, to solve, like to have a better, a better, uh, a better uh, decision for something that, you know, in business, in life, like in general, you know, uh, like just like if you have like uh, somebody mount on you, if you decide to escape too quickly, the guy's going to finish, you know, the guy's going to submit you or, you know, have to be patient, have the, the, the last space as possible and little by little you're going to escape, you know, that's just like, you know, that I try to them like to do, I try to, to explain to them how they can do this in life as well. And about the frustration as well, you know, sometimes they're going to go to the academy, they're going to, you know, have an, excellent training they're going to train really well they're going to be able to put everything in practice what they they have in learning but sometimes they they cannot you know and but they cannot be frustrated you know uh because one day they're you know they're gonna like do good some day they, they're gonna be you know do bad that's his life sometimes you're gonna wake up very like very good mood say good morning to everybody and sometimes you you're not in good mood, you know, but, uh, but this frustration, we learn a lot with this frustration, you know, because life is struggling, you know, like live life, life is, you know, you, you have a hard time every, every day you have some challenges in life, you know, uh, and, uh, but what they, they have to believe it, that's the better days are coming, you know, this frustration is going to pass, you know, because you're going to, they're going to solve that, you know, like whatever they're passing on that moment, they're going to be able to, 
to to solve it you know and you know and everything passed you know they have to just just believe on the on the process right yeah yeah so one of the things that i always keep in mind of moments and that's something that i've been improving over the years as we get like again comes comes down to your mindset and just being self-aware of the stories that are going through your mind but i want to have maybe frustrating things happen that of course i'm a human being uh, of course i will get affected by by something but it's just how quickly can i get back to center you know like you, you get up you know something happened kind of throw us off so how quick can we get our equanimity back? How we get it like back to the center? And one of the things that helps me is kind of the acceptance of, of the fact. Something happened is a fact, and the fact cannot be changed. Only your response to the fact can be changed. So if something happened that, yeah, someone's in a mouth, that's a fact. Someone's there, you know, and yes. you cannot change. The only thing you can change, you cannot change the fact, but you can change your response. Like I said, one response is freaking out and turn and get submitted or one response is accepted you there, calm down, relax, focus, and then work on your way out. And that is in business. Something happened, you got a bad deal, something happened in your business. Of course, at first you're going to hit you that you're like, oh man, and then you need to catch yourself and say like, okay, this is the fact, you know, this yeah. happened. You're not going to be yeah. changed. How are we going to change? We just, all we can change is the response. Exactly. You cannot get, you know, cannot uh, be affected, you know, because if you, if you get affected, then all things come because in the end, the, the, the negative start, like you get, like be around you, you know, you mm -hmm. have to be always, if something is affecting you too much, you have, okay, so what, uh, what I can do to, to get better, what I can do to, you know, like to have a, uh, let, let me, I always like, you know, the, also the people something, sometimes wants to, to have some re results very quickly, mm -hmm. you know, overnight or something happen. The things that you're going to change quickly as well, you know, like, man, sometimes it takes time, you know, it takes time. So, some, some, something bad that happen on your business or on your train, whatever, like you're going to like try to, you know, try to switch that, try to, to solve that. But sometimes can take some time as well. You have to be patient. Yeah. And one of the things that over the years I've, I've been getting better to a little by little, I think I'm getting better. And I would suggest to people, I try not sometimes minimizing the amount of like label things like, positive or negative or good and bad because sometimes it's just an experience something that we can say right now like oh man that was bad it sucks but out of that because of that maybe a year or two or three something great happened because of the experience that you had that sucked when it happened that we didn't want to maybe you didn't want to hear didn't want to happen but be like man like when you look at something maybe three years later and say like, I'm glad that I had that experience because otherwise I wouldn't be here where I'm at today. So sometimes it's relative to say, you know, the good and the bad or the positive or negative because uh, especially now uh, um, I'm 45 right now. So when I look back at my block, my life in blocks of five years, let's say, and I look at some of like harder experiences that I had with my business and when it happened, I'm like, man, this is sucks. This is awful. When I look back, I'm like, I'm grateful that I went. It sucked when it happened, but I'm grateful because I learned so much that took me to a different level. So we need to just have the clarity to recognize that when again comes back the fact, okay, this is what is happening right now. And I always, everything, Lucas, everything that happened in my life that it, it's labeled negative uh, in some way, I ask myself, all of them, what is the opportunity here? Everything that happened, mm. everything I ask, and it may take me a few days, but I always find, and this for all the listeners, maybe some people be like, eh, I don't know about that. I'm telling you, because it's either going to be resentful and just uh, dwelling on things like, oh, I wish you this. Or, no, no, no. Just keep it real. Be honest with yourself and reflect what is the opportunity. Every experience in your life 
there is an opportunity for growth, even when the outcome is not what you want. And all the, the losses that you have in jujitsu that help you to be where you're at today. You know, yeah, for sure. All of them, they're like opportunities when you look back, more opportunities for growth and reevaluate things. And it sucks sometimes when you're not ready to see. And it is what it is. Sometimes you're not ready. We're like, we blame the referee or we blame this, you know. And the next thing until reality, say like, man, I've been giving you a bunch of signs. And all this time is just when you're going to realize that these are opportunities for you to grow. So that's something I've been personally practicing a lot. Yeah, no, for sure. This is going to help, you know, like sometimes you have to, so, so sometimes like something that doesn't go, doesn't go the way that we want, you always try to blame something else, you know, yeah. instead of like we look inside and, and talk to ourselves, say, okay, what I can do better, what I, you know, like uh, what I can learn with this, you know, Yeah, that's for true. So what would you say is the best advice you've ever received? Anything that pops up in your mind? In any area, could it be jujitsu, you know, competition, could it be life, business? Uh, can be like something like, you know, as I was saying, like about my first, you know, teacher was saying, Lucas, you're going to be the black belt world champion day. That's what, that's, I know what, what it, that's you want, you know, like, but sometimes we cannot, sometimes we can see so, something, you know, but so, sometimes it's like, but sometimes we don't believe much, mm -hmm. you know, I think the, you know, like the, I think, I, I don't know if I can say this advice, but it's kind of like, I'm, you know, like I'm very shy, you know, like now I'm, I'm much better, you know, but before when like when I was younger, uh, I I couldn't believe much on my potential, you know, like everybody was say like, you know, look as this, look as that. I started like winning a bunch of tournaments and, but I, I didn't see myself as like the champion, you know, even though I was winning, I wasn't see like, I don't know how can I explain, but I couldn't see myself like, uh, like I was on the top, like all, like all the time, but I couldn't see myself there. Mm -hmm. Like you saw something like weird, even though today, you know, like the guy say, hey, look, man, you're the best lightweight in the world, blah, blah, blah. But you know, like sometimes I, I, you know, like I, I, I don't know, like if I, I don't know how can I explain this, but Sometimes I say, man, that's true. You know, I did this. Like sometimes, like you know, but the advice that I had before, you know, that I I didn't, you know, like, you know, like as my teacher was saying, Lucas, man, you you're gonna be a world champion. They believe it. I and then I was some doubts. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. Uh, you know, like I, you know, like I need to be trained because um, I was training on my hometown in Berlandia. It was far away from the big polos of Jiu-Jitsu, like São Paulo and Rio. I said, I don't know. I'm here in Minas Gerais. I don't know if I can do it. I can make it. You know, that's a lot of doubts about this too, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, like... The advice is to believe in yourself, yeah, basically. Exactly. Right? Basically, like this, man, do, you do not also need to, to have someone to tell you this all the time. Yes. You know, for right. example, inside, I, I had this with me, but, you know, I had, like, someone to push me and, and open my eyes. Look, you, you're going to do it. You're going to make it, you know. But, uh, but looking back, I said, man, why I do this? Like what I did this, you know, like what, why I was, was thinking like that. Maybe was, I wasn't much confidence, you know, maybe like, you know, I was expecting someone to tell me that I was able to make it, you know, to be honest, I don't know, like looking back, I don't know, like, 
the answer, but you know, looking at I say, okay, so maybe it's like, okay, you know, I should believe more myself than any, anybody else. You know, mm -hmm. I think that is going to be the best, you know, yeah, advice I mean, for... Each one is responsible for building their self-confidence, period. Yeah, you know, yeah, with, period, with, yeah. With doing your internal work. However, there's some outside sources that can help that you should not count on it but that's a nice bonus like being surrounded by positive people you know in the same way like you're not going to be in a jiu-jitsu room and be consistently asking your friends like hey how's my guard is my guard good like uh yeah it's yeah, good like, yeah. Oh, thank you. you yeah. know so if someone say great but yeah but i think i was like that i was expecting someone like hey lucas do this do that you know instead i I just like, man, believe in my, myself and just go, you know. So that uh, was, was a good learning. So probably because my next question would be like, what is advice you'd give to the young Lucas right after you won your first Worlds? And this could be a great advice for you to give to him. So you had a chance to go back and talk with him to be like, hey, dude, just to remind you to believe in yourself. You know what I mean? Do you think that it'd be a good a good advice to give to your younger self if you have yeah, to go for back sure. and have a conversation with him before or after or like yeah after the world let's say you won the 2007 and now like okay i'm really on a map so, now as a world champion and you've got to go back and have the conversation with him just to give you one advice you know what that could be could be like uh so that is not every like I would say like man look you won you're like the best in the world right now but the work doesn't stop here you know just keep your feet you know and then also do not let the pressure you know just focus you too much because the pressure can be can be brutal you know and don't let you perform as well as you perform so now so just like you know, uh, just don't let that pressure take care of you. Like, you know, like put everything on your shoulders. Just like fighting looks like you don't have any title. You know, forget about this title. And then when you fight the next one, let's say you're not world champion, you don't have the name, you don't have anything. Just, and then you're going to keep fighting the same way. You know, because when you start putting on, you know, on their cell, put on their mind, oh man, I'm a world champ. I cannot lose to this guy. Then I'll lose on this guy. And then you start put a lot of pressure that, you know, and then you're going to end up losing the, the match, you know. So that's the advice that I would, I would say. And that's a really good one. And besides that book that you mentioned, The Psychology of Champions, is there any other book that stand out to you that you could recommend? For you know, for any type, the, any type of like any any type of book that you that you feel that made an impact on you as well, besides that one. So this book was impacting me the most because mm -hmm. I could put this on my on my uh, could put in practice, athlete, right? Could put in practice, and then like you know, and then also on my business as well the way they're thinking you know that was not nice. like help me too on my business too like the way i'm thinking you know about cer certain things uh yeah so this is like was the you know i was i'm reading like some other books about like financial like some you know some really really good books too but it's a little bit more like for uh if you want to like uh, invest in something, you know, like mm -hmm. is another is another things, but but about like you can put in practice right away with your yeah. uh, career, like uh, if you're competing or if you have some like you know, HR school, like other type of business for sure, you can implement very easily. Nice this mindset. Cool. So now we're getting close to the end of the interview. So for all the listeners listening for the first time after the interview, I just reflect on some of the topics and I just create some content, something that can inspire, impact and improve people's lives in some way. So usually 
uh, do some even research on some of the topic and I create an audio from five to 12 minutes. So make sure to um, stick around after the interview. So what are you currently excited about? We're in July, the end of July, 2019. So what are you currently excited about? What's going on? And maybe talk a little bit more about your online training as well. So what do you got going on? Yeah, so now like, you know, I'm focused on my training for ADCC. Uh, have like two months left. I'm pretty excited, you know, to to get, you know, that gold because, you know, basically it's the only title that I don't have it. Uh, I took second place, you know, the last two edition. Uh, you know, and then I have like also like a bunch of seminars, uh, you know, tours, you know, in Europe as well. Uh, my online training program, I have, you know, like I'm, you know, very soon I'm going to start, you know, put like my my training, my live train over there too. That's one thing that I don't have it. You know, it's going to be pretty, pretty soon. I'm going to tell everyone about that too. Like, you know, how, how it's going to be. It's going to start probably in September. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's basically, it's like that, you know, it's, you know, the online training program, ADCC training, uh, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit also like, you know, on my YouTube channel about how my training is going as well. I'm going to put like some live training, some preparation, some conditioning. Um, cool. Yeah. So basically it's like and that. What is the address for the the website for the online training? It's lapreybjjonline.com. Cool. Right on. So, yeah. Lucas, thank you so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. As I mentioned, I've been um, a fan, appreciating your jiu-jitsu for a long time, and I really am. So, being a great competitor, very humble guy, and still can definitely see that you have the fire to still be competing um, maybe a few more years. You know, we'll see. But I know you're a competitive guy, so I think you're going to be around still for doing a little longer um and or otherwise you're going to start bringing the pain in the master's division so the master is going to get in trouble you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like this year i'm going to turn 35 years old you know like uh man just like how crazy it is you now look back <laughs> like 12 years ago i was winning my my first one and 12 years later i was able to win my 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 six you know like with the gi was like it's crazy you know like how like 12 years you know competing high level and and still here you know make some noise yeah. absolutely man <laughs> uh, it's funny yeah. at this at, at the same time super fun as well you know yeah so thank you so much man really appreciate your time thanks so much gustavo thank you, you know bj mental coach for the opportunity to be here today talk a little bit about like my career and myself as well. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, I'd like to invite everyone as well. Like, you know, my school is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Anybody wants to come down and training, the door is always going to be open for everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Us. Us. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with nine-time Black Belt World Champion Gi and No Gi, Lucas Lepri, who is in the Hall of Fame of the IBJJF. If you're listening just to the final thoughts on Instagram TV at Gustavo Dantas BJJ, Lucas owns and operates Lucas Lepri Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Fitness in Charlotte, North Carolina, as well one of the world's leading online training platforms, the Lepri Online Training Program. He talked about the struggles of balancing being a professional athlete, a husband, and a father, and a business owner. During the interview, he mentioned that after he won his first Black Belt World title in 2007, he didn't handle the success well. He started to pressure himself in competition, saying things like, now I'm a world champion, I have to win, I'm expected to win, my sponsors expect me to win, I can't lose to this guy or that guy. 
And the mindset of focusing on things that he couldn't control started to hold him back from performing to the best of his abilities, even though he was training and very committed the same way he was before. For the next six years from 2008 to 2013, Lucas took two silver medals and two bronze medals, which is an incredible accomplishment, by the way. However, since he had won before, he was frustrated that he wasn't able to repeat his 2007 performance. In 2014, he decided to use a different approach. He started to train his mind and one book helped him to be the catalyst that he needed to bring him back to perform to the best of his abilities again. The book Psychology of Champions, How to Win at Sports and Life with the Focus Edge of Super Athletes by James Burrell and David Ryak. I've included the link for the book in this episode's note. Based on his book's suggestion, I decided to title this episode Psychology of Champions. And for this final thoughts, I read the book to share with you my takeaway, but hopefully you get inspired to read the book as well. The book gathers successful practices and thinking habits of sports legends such as NBA star Michael Jordan, baseball great Teddy Williams, and football's famed Deion Sanders, among others. The book offers personal words of these star athletes who explain how they overcame such obstacles as fear, discouragement, and anxiety, and were able to move on to success. What the authors call the focus edge includes three key words that are crucial in the psychology of champions. Number one, motivation, which means motivation to work hard from the beginning of the process until you accomplish your goal. Number two, confidence which comes from the preparation. Hard work is the root of self-confidence. And number three, concentration. Concentration to focus all the hard-earned talent, as they say in the book, on each moment of competition. Since Lucas mentioned the pressure that he felt after winning his first world title, I decided to share with you the topic pressure situations, which is the topic of chapter four. At the beginning of the chapter, they asked two questions to set the tone for the next pages. Quote, first, what is pressure and what is the difference between pressure and a pressure situation? The actual pressure situation is very different from the feeling of pressure. Second, what causes performance anxiety? Are these causes outside or inside us? Unquote. I remember Michael Jordan talking about fear once and he said, fear is an illusion. It's how you see under pressure situations. Jordan was in many pressure situations, but he didn't experience pressure to the degree that many of us or even other high-level athletes do. In the book, they say, quote, pressure is what people call performance anxiety. For many people, the experience of performance anxiety includes sweaty palms, butterflies in the stomach, rapid heartbeat, and other physical symptoms. It also includes disruptions in concentration. So the feeling of pressure refers to our experience of a set of physical responses. A pressure situation, on the other hand, is simply a situation in which there is something important at stake and the outcome of the situation is uncertain. It's the combination of uncertainty and importance that leads to the experience of pressure or performance anxiety, unquote. Have you ever experienced an important situation in jiu-jitsu or not that the outcome was uncertain and because of that you didn't perform your best? A tournament, a job interview, school tests. If it has happened to you, you got hit with performance anxiety. I remember one of my top five worst performances of my career back in 1998. It was my last tournament as a brown belt and I had lost only one match until that point as a brown belt. A big clothing company back then was building a team of sponsored athletes to represent the brand. Five guys from each belt. All competitors who were standing out back then, and I was one of the chosen ones for the brown belt division. I was stoked because for the first time in my life, someone actually offered me a sponsorship since I always hustled to get my sponsors. On the other hand, I started to pressure myself because I thought, they expect me to win. I can't lose. Long story short, my last tournament was going to be the Brazilian Nationals, which back then was in October, after the Worlds. I lost my first match. I lost 14 advantages, tough match. I only have flashbacks of the match. I couldn't hear anybody. I missed opportunities that I usually I didn't. I crimped during the match, even though I made weight fine. I got hit with performance anxiety big time. And if you got hit with performance anxiety before, 
you know how frustrating this can be, especially when you know that you lost yourself. And the reality is that performance anxiety is not out there in the pressure situation. It's experienced inside us. In the book, they mentioned that years ago, a groundbreaking study was conducted that showed how people create performance anxiety inside themselves. And I'm going to share with you five causes they mentioned in the book. Number one, believe that there is an audience made up of important people who can judge you. Number two, in the back of your mind, consider that you could fail in front of them. Number three, have a strong need to do well to avoid failure. Number four, feel unsure of yourself as to whether or not you do well. Number five, focus on yourself. They mention in the book, quote, situations don't cause anxiety. That comes from our response to the situations. However, some situations may trigger anxiety more easily than others. What is important is that you have an effective mindset in the midst of crisis or pressure situations, unquote. Lucas started to use the focused mindset in 2014 to develop the psychology of champions, and he started to perform to the best of his abilities again. From 2014 to 2019, he didn't lose a match at the World Championships, which is insane. The last chapter of the book is about applying the focus edge mindset. They share 10 points on winning with the focus edge approach. However, I'm going to share with you the three that caught my attention the most. First, Pressure depends on you. As Jordan said, it's how you see pressure situations. Performance anxiety is not always the result of a pressure situation, at least not for all. Second, the best antidote to pressure is good preparation, which means focus on the process of preparing yourself for the pressure situations. Hard work is the root of self-confidence. Third, the next best antidote is to focus on performance goals rather than result goals. Anytime you focus on things you cannot control, like the outcome of the tournament or if your business is going to make it or not, it will bring anxiety and it will affect your performance. Again, my suggestion is for you to buy the book or explore other sources of mental coaching or sports psychology so you can figure out what might be holding you back from being your best self. You can visit www.thebjjmentalcoach.com to watch for free the top 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them. Also, if you decide to invest in any of the BJJ Mental Coach online courses, 100% of the funds go towards the nonprofit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe. For more information, visit jujitsutribe.org. Learn how to control your dark passenger, the voice that lives in your head and brings all the fears, doubts, and insecurities. Otherwise, your dark passenger will control you. O's. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.